Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, everybody. Hey, listen, I should say. That's what Navi says. My name is Sam Claiborne. I'm here with Per Schneider and Callie Plaguey. Welcome. We are uh, doing NVC together this week. Jose is out sick. It's been a long time. I used to host NVC. I'm really happy to be back hosting here, and you guys are on all the time, right? That's right. So you guys will have to help me through this very (laughs) tough time. No, I love hosting NVC. It's been too long. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, This week, we had uh, major Nintendo news uh, about uh, uh, their mobile plans and about uh, many other things. We're going to be talking about a lot of news today, and uh, first of all, Nintendo's first smartphone game, besides two Pokemon apps, there's a Pokemon game about, um, there's a Pokemon, what do you call it? There was one as early as in, in two, 2011. Pokemon Shuffle is Oh, they, they were earlier than that. There was a, there was a 2011 Pokemon Company game, and that's, that's because Pokemon Company um, operates independently from right. Nintendo, right? Yeah. It's its so, own business. So there's these two Pokemon apps, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a smartphone game now called Mitomo. Mm-hmm. How do you Mi- pronounce it? Mitomo. Mitomo. It's like yeah. me and then Tomodachi. Tomo is together, like it, you know, like Tomodachi means friend. Tomodachi, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's part social network, part uh, Tomodachi life, like mm-hmm. the game that uh, some of us. I have played that game. I don't know if you guys got to play it. Uh, and uh, it, its announcement uh, freaked out investors a little bit. It freaked out the internet a little bit. But uh, we're here uh, with another take. Yeah, because I think I don't think it's, it looks that bad. I think it's an interesting experiment, and I think Nintendo has been known for uh, really experimental titles recently. Those are the things that mm-hmm. have been doing the best for them, like Brain Age and, uh, of course, Wii Sports, which are not Mario games. So, I mean, um, th- let's look at the background, right? There, there was news leaked out that Nintendo would finally announce its first um, its first mobile game, right? Mm-hmm. The first full-fledged Nintendo-made mobile game. And so I think expectations then ran high as to what franchise would they launch with. Everybody always thinks Mario first or Zelda or something like that. Hey, hey, Pear. Yeah. I have some visual examples here oh, for people got? looking at the video, and I'll uh-huh. describe them for people on All audio. Right. These are some early examples of just what you're talking about. <laughs> Nintendo reaching out and uh, starting an experiment on PC with Mario, because we know this new game right. is going to come License to PC games. and iPhones. Mm-hmm. These are three PC games. Mario's Missing, Mario's Time Machine, and Mario Teaches Typing, my favorite. <laughs> this is your, your own out, personal collection? Yeah. yeah, which came out in the early 90s. Uh, Nintendo worked with uh, uh, PC developers to put these out interplay on this one which is kind of interesting so that was the old school approach that was right? the old school right. approach put Mario on everything take your big character and these then these didn't work out so well well they weren't good 
No. Right? And they weren't well, good. Well, I learned typing from and, it. And to be fair, though, <laughs> they, they did think about the PC and said, all right, what can you do on a PC? It's got a keyboard. It's got very different from, from our, our platform. So let's do something for that platform. Yeah. And that's exactly what they're doing with mobile. And so I think the initial reaction from, from fans was, I want a Mario game. Uh, and then they hear it's Mitomo, and it's it's essentially a gamified social networking app, is what it is, and right? But I don't think people I, are even looking at it that way. Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, I just... I wouldn't want a Mario game on mobile. I would really? prefer this. Yeah, I, I want my I Mario want a, game with the controls that I, I'm used to. This is... When I'm on the BART uh, on every morning to get to work... I'm That's our Bay Area Rapid Transit Area for people Rapid. that live in. It's just yeah. a train. It's a train. It's, just it's, a train. Really it's a lame train. It's it goes fast. under the ocean. It's a, it does go Not under well. the ocean, but <laughs> it sounds like you're descending into the depths of something awful. Uh, anyway, um, you know, there's... Not a lot of seats on BART, and I often don't get a seat in the morning. And so I can't pull out a 3DS and play a game, like, for 15 minutes while I'm on the BART waiting for <gasps> my stops, you know? I, I would rather... Well, if I get a seat, I do play my, yeah. my 3DS. But if I can use one hand and hold onto the train with the other, I'd oh, rather right. have something, yeah. you know, short. It's a unique situation, yeah. Well, yeah, but I think a lot of people commute. I think a lot of people take trains. Uh, that happens much more frequently. I never thought about frequently. the one-handed idea. Instead well, of holding your phone on the side and even really engaging with it. Yeah, like so just using something short and easy while I'm waiting for my, my next stop. I think that's a much bigger thing in Japan, even. Which sure, yeah. And it looks like the trains. gameplay yeah. is based on checking your Facebook status, checking right. stuff like that. And that's what you're getting at, well, is that it looks like a social network. No, it's, it it's Tinder for shy people. I mean, that's basically <laughs> what it sounds like. You are. You they, heard it here first. Well, they, Swipe right on my me. I mean, they took <laughs> one of the most popular things that mainstream consumers identified with with the Wii, and that mm -hmm. was the me creation, right? right? Creating a copy of yourself with this really stylized, simple system mm -hmm. was what started, restarted the whole avatar craze on, on platforms, right? Microsoft did it later as well. Um, and it worked really, really well. And so they're taking that element and then they're, they're merging it with meeting people, living in the real world, where maybe there's somebody sitting in the train from across from you and you're not sure how to approach them right. and, and you want to share your you want to share your your likes and dislikes with other people. And mm -hmm. that's what it's based on, right? right? Yeah. That's what Tomodachi life is is kind of based on, but it has this weird kind of RPG yeah. uh, relationship element to it. We don't know if any of that is in this title, mm -hmm. right? So we did see some screenshots. And in the screenshots, yep. you have Mies, and they're commenting on, or they're, they're kind of being, they're making statements about themselves and other mm -hmm. people. So it looks like it's, it's kind of uh, interconnected sharing of information with strangers, I mean... Yeah, and think about it. That With your Facebook profile, that doesn't really work, right? You don't want to pass somebody and then have them see a photo of you and, like, mm -hmm. your your close kind of information. But mm -hmm. this kind of creates... It's like the avatar that you have when you're posting on a forum, right? Yeah. You can choose to make your character not look like you, right? Right. But, like, after a while, like, let's say there is this kind of street pass element to it that is kind of free. And we all got into street pass yeah, games. street pass was uh, cool, right? The yeah. only limitation to yeah. street pass is not that many people carry a <laughs> exactly. 3DS and have yeah. it on, and you certainly so cannot connect to the internet, like the right? Like the Street Pass Olympics, where it's just, like, tons of people participating in street yeah. pass. Right. That would be interesting, um... But, but think what will happen in a Japanese subway when you see the same person for the 10th time. You start to build a connection, right? right. You're like, oh, this is person is always on here. But you it's know, safe in Japan. Here you're so, going to get murdered. Yeah, but you, you can <laughs> choose what to do, right? I, I think it's interesting that you bring that up because there's kind of a, 
an element. You know, when they, they announced Pokemon Go, they talked about wanting people to engage with the real wor- world rather yep. than just kind of being absorbed in their phones. And I think that you get that element here with Mitomo as well. Like, rather than just sitting on the, the subway or the train or whatever you take to get around and looking at your phone and being isolated, you're, the object is to, to connect with other people. And so mm-hmm. you kind of see the similarities there. Um, I think that's really interesting. I don't I know if I want to befriend people on the train, but um, it's it, definitely interesting. And I think that's how you have to approach it, right? We are consumers of games. We love Nintendo's games, but we also have to realize that not every product they create is targeted directly at us, mm-hmm. right? There are five games coming until the first quarter of 2017 from them. They've said every franchise is open, right? That means right. we will see Mario and Zelda-based stuff, but probably not Mario yeah. and Zelda games, right? And this is targeted for March. Yep. 2016. No, five new, sorry, five new titles by March 2017. Yep. So yeah, we have a lot of time to uh, mm-hmm. play Nintendo I, games that for, on iPhone that may be much different than this one. You know what's interesting right. about this to me is that like I can't believe they're using Mii's as the thing to associate Nintendo with on phones. I, granted, we're not getting a Mario game, mm-hmm. but like, why isn't it in like a Nintendo universe or like or something like really like like say if you took this and it was just like also in uh, Donkey Kong World sometimes mm-hmm. and Smash Brothers style where like you have you know Mario backgrounds stuff. Instead, it's like all in like houses and me backgrounds and stuff. And it's just like it's just like why not just make this a big Nintendo social network thing mm-hmm. with branding and and a bunch of the, the the cool stuff. Like the mini games could then have you know Kid Icarus in them and like stuff but but then stuff that people recognize instead of just being like tennis and things that Mies do well we don't know right we don't know where this is going to go we've only seen the very beginning of it you know we'll talk a little bit uh, about the other the other announcement as well right the whole network setup. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like the the Mies are not daunting. Like, you're not seeing a character, like the, the majority of people out there, even the majority of people who play games do not know Samus Right? That is not a universal character. Oh, so sad. Everybody knows Mickey Mouse, <laughs> but right? We know but, that but their strategy is to get people to see those things and then be like, oh, that's interesting. I want to play more on their on the 3DS. Sure, but that, that right. is something but that they But to want. me, that's, right. that's a different strategy from this app where they're trying to create this universal identity that will one day span all other platforms, right? That's where this is going. Mitomo is not going to be this standalone thing that's right. just on mobile phones. Like, that me will live in on all the platforms. Mm-hmm. I think it's... I think it's really smart. Mm-hmm. It is not a game that most like, core gamers will want to play, but it really is a smart way to take the concept of a social network, make it a little bit, I mean, ironically, impersonal, right? Like it becomes, it's personal, but it's a little safer. You're yeah. removed from it. Um, I think it's really smart, and it, it, it will work in Japan. It will absolutely <laughs> it will work, work in Japan. Japan. I'm yeah. interested to see how it works in the U.S. particularly. But I, I think it's it really smart. It will work in high schools in the U.S. I think it's really smart for a Nintendo mobile game to take this approach. Yep. So. Uh, and to wrap it up, I think it's always great that Nintendo uses uh, uh, Japanese slang and Japanese words and stuff in their in their mm-hmm. branding now. It's just it's really funny to get a game called Mitomo that's supposed to be this big worldwide <laughs> launch thing. But Nintendo's always done that. Nintendo mm-hmm. never changed their name. They, they always stuck with interesting names. But notice the strategy, right? They're not taking Tomodachi Life, even mm-hmm. if it is connected. Yeah. They're saying, oh, no, it's not exactly like Tomodachi Life. Therefore, it's not called Tomodachi Life something mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of a contraction of the Miiverse yeah. and... And, and tomodachi life. That happens a yeah. lot with the Japanese in general, just mm-hmm. combining words like that yep. to, to convey meaning. So it makes a lot of sense. Yep. Very clever. 
Okay, uh, this week Nintendo announced a new points program called My Nintendo. Uh, it replaces Club Nintendo. I'm a big fan of Club Nintendo. I was, I was a member for a very long time. Just got my calendar for 2016 in the mail. I'm excited. Uh, the thing is, you can now... Uh, late, no? I, I just got it. But it's for 2016. Right. Play. It's not for 2015. Right. Uh, no, I mean, Club Nintendo is gone. You I just know, got they just sent thing, it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, you can now play games to get points, uh, similar to Microsoft's achievement system, it sounds like. The Xbox Live rewards, maybe. We don't know what it's going to be like. Yeah. yeah, or just just the fact that you're playing for extra points in a game uh, externally is kind of like achievements yeah. or trophies to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can also uh, get rewarded for that. So uh, some of the rewards they already announced are um, uh, digital games. Mm-hmm. So you can get like just Club Nintendo is like this too. But I know a lot of people didn't participate in Club Nintendo. Oh, I bet about a lot of people listening did and watching. Uh, uh, but you can also get uh, physical rewards. So thank goodness they're bringing back some of those cool physical Yay. rewards, which I just look forward to uh, so much. I love they're my great. Animal Crossing playing cards from Club Nintendo. They, I agree, and the you know the Game and Watch uh, the special editions were really cool. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's cool. Oh my gosh, those are my favorite. I, I think yeah. you know they to made a new Game and Watch. To people who were familiar with Club Nintendo, they look at these announcements. They'll say like, "Wait, my Nintendo? Why is this not just Club Nintendo? Why did they even shut down Club Nintendo and bring it back?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I personally think the story there is the infrastructure of Club Nintendo was PC PC based. It was terrible. And it was something that fell over all the time. You saw well, it when it people tried to get in. It was based on paper that came in your games right. yeah. that you put on the internet. That's just not something that you can... You, they, you might as well they, just burn that down. They cobbled yeah. together some other stuff, right? Like downloadable games later on. Mm-hmm. You could register. They were registered automatically. But the moment you put it in a disc, it's a different story. And I think right. they just said, scrap it. Work with a new partner. Make mm-hmm. it multi-platform. It doesn't matter where, whether you're on a console on a PC or a mobile device, uh, right. on a tablet, this will work across all of them. Mm-hmm. But and it used to be, again, about just buying a game, yep. right? It was linked to buying a game. But mm-hmm. what is it going to be like to play a game? Like, are they going to give us challenges? Are they going to give us achievements, like like things? Because they have been experimenting with those in Smash Brothers and a lot of other games. There's just like, a, you know, 100 challenges to get through. Right. What do you think? Yeah, it's interesting to me. So... I'm one of those people that's kind of insecure about my gamer score because I've sp- spread my gaming across so many different platforms. It used to matter a lot more than yeah. it does now. No, it doesn't matter now. But like, <laughs> so one time my friend turned to me because I was kind of expressing this insecurity and she was like, yeah, but like if Nintendo had achievements, you'd mm-hmm. be totally dominating. And I was like, you're right. And then I felt way better about myself. So I kind of like, you know, the prospect of getting some sort of recognition for how much time I spend playing on Nintendo uh, platforms. But it's also not clear how this is... It doesn't seem like achievements. It doesn't seem like once you do this special thing, you get in it. It's almost like you put your disc in. Do you think it would be time-based? Yeah, I I don't know. It's really, we don't know enough, but I have a lot of hopes for it. Well, that's the thing, though. I bought Animal Crossing, and I got the same amount of points I got for that as I got for, you know, uh, Chibi Robo. Right. And it's like, I played Animal Crossing for three years. Yeah, Yeah. I... I I've logged like, so I'd many. Love to get points play, for that. I would love to get recognition for how many for hours I have sunk into Animal Crossing mm-hmm. in my entire lifetime. It would be so many points. I, I think it's going to be a little bit more event based because playtime it's so easy to fake, right? Turn on your True. machine, walk away. They don't want to. <laughs> That's inc- a good they point. don't want yeah. to encourage that, right? <laughs> Didn't think um, about that. See, we're honest. Oh, you but shouldn't let them know. I'm Tara. honest, we gotten, and I would never we, do we, that. But we often talk about like you know Splatoon. 
what's the incentive to actually join a Splatfest, right? right. You don't get to keep the T-shirt. Nope. Everybody's got super sea snails up the wazoo at this point, mm-hmm. right? Why should you play, especially if you're not a fan of that mode? And there's something, there could be a currency where if you join mm-hmm. it and you get to a certain level, you get X points and it it becomes your, your kind of show-off score. But right. I'm not yet sure if it is an external show-off Sure, yeah. uh, score element, or if it is more like Xbox Live Rewards, where if you pay, if you play a lot, which I didn't know existed, get, Hair just showed me this thing. Existed. Yeah, you have to opt yeah, in with blow. Microsoft, right? Yeah. You get these points; they get converted into credit, and you can spend them on yeah. buying stuff. And it sounds a little bit like that. It sounds like that, and I think that's more Nintendo than show off. Showing off, yeah. I feel like that's not a very because they never thing. want to offend anybody. That, it's like, oh, we're so sorry, well, your score is so small. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> one of the things that Nintendo does is kind of you know not offering different, uh, you know easy, normal, hard modes. Everybody plays kind of the same. You get the same experience as everybody else. And then there's more challenging things you can do, you can opt in to do, like getting collectibles or something like that. So I don't think it's particularly Nintendo-like to be like, suddenly we're introducing scores Hmm. to show how good a gamer you are. That's just not, that doesn't seem right to me. I think it is something more like... That's one thing that I do like about achievements is that they've always given you, uh, if you really like a game, there's another layer of things for you to dig into that game and really get something amazing out of it. I remember doing that for like, you know, games like Resident Evil 5, which Mm -hmm. in hindsight, I don't know why I did it for Resident Evil 5, or like Mass Effect 2, where it's like, I'm going to get 100% achievements on this game. Yeah, Portal 2 was mine. Now, if I could do that, and then they sent me a little button to say I did that, oh. that'd be pretty cool. Oh, a real life button that I could put my remember, back yeah. on. Remember who did that? We talked about this earlier. Uh, a little game called Act, a little company called Activision with mm-hmm. uh, with an original Atari. If you you know did the certain thing in Pitfall, if you changed a certain a score, they'd send you like a little ba- a little iron on badge. That's yeah. so cool for joining you know, Pitfall Harry's Adventure okay. Club. Calling it, I officially want it to be that. that I want to get cool pins. But by the way, <laughs> notice what wasn't mentioned in the. Um, in, in the as part of my Nintendo, that's surveys. Mm. You know, one big foundation for Club Nintendo was giving you these chores to do, Boy. right? I, Filling oh, out a survey, yeah. like what would you recommend this game? Just to just realizing a friend, how much we know? exploited these previous things. So, for, as soon as those happened, everybody was like, "Yeah, this is what I do. I just click through them as fast as possible." Which, and then remember when we all got the on our 3DSs the step programs, or it's mm-hmm. like you are you like when you first get your 3DS, you're like, "Oh, if I walk a lot, I'll get a reward." Yeah, Everybody's like, "You em. can just put it in the washing machine, sit at your desk, and do nothing. Hang it from your cat." figure out a way to exploit these programs. (laughs) But but with that, with Club Nintendo, there was the specific issue that you wanted to get to a certain score level once a year, and then you wanted to actually hold back on some of your things for the next period, right? Mm-hmm. Like because you wanted to get to platinum status. Right. So I buy I buy um, a lot of games, right? Mm-hmm. And then I have like ten of those tickets set, uh, sit there until the platinum level passes and it gets reset. Then I enter those and I do all the service. Guess what? That is the worst intel a company could get. Yeah. yeah. They just they figured I just bought these games because I registered them, and so um. the information they got out of that system was junk in the end. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you know I don't. I don't think you got quality survey data when people were competing for these rewards and so you know I like that this focuses on something different and I'm happy that they're doing physical rewards again that's great yeah. They always come up with cool stuff, mm-hmm. although Japan always got the best stuff. They got oh, that, they got that yeah. Wii Remote that was a TV controller before the Wii Remote even came Europe out. Europe got cool stuff, too, like little coins and things. But I got my mm-hmm. calendar. Yeah. Yep. Got that's, my desk that's what calendar. matters. It's a desk I got my. Yeah. I got my Animal Crossing mini playing cards. That's all I cared oh, about. Oh, that's really great. I love mm-hmm. that. Majora's Mask puzzle, though. Oh, I wanted that. I couldn't I get that, that one. Do, do you want to talk about Nintendo account a little yeah, bit? Because so I think it's a little yeah. bit confusing, right? A little wedge of this is that also announced was something called Nintendo account, which is a a cloud-based data service. We don't know much more beyond that. 
uh, it looks like this could be something that has your saves in it, your game saves and uh, other data. But basically, it's this is kind of the above infrastructure uh, to unify your accounts. Because remember, you'll remember we had to connect our club Nintendo accounts to our Wii U mm-hmm. accounts at one point long yep. ago. So it sounds like they're just like we gotta we gotta again like burn down this old infrastructure behind the scenes and like start over and just make sure this can be flexible enough to use everything. That's a little bit boring, but it's something that we're, that they just have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, so at first I glance, need cloud saves, I'll tell you that. That'd yeah. be really nice for, uh, for going back and forth between places I play my, my stuff. Right, playing at work even is something that not everybody is, does, but we do. But cl- No, that's true. And, yeah. and it paves the way for NX, right? Because yeah. if we do want to have a system that you can carry around and a system you can play at home, it's got to have cloud-saving infrastructure. Right. It, can't, it can't just have hard-saving. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's it, we, we uh, again, this is one of those things where we have to know more what the actual technology is behind it because everyone can say, hey, we'll provide a unified system between our between our platforms look at mm-hmm. Sony with Avita right like uh, but what you can't do with Avita is sign out and have your friends sign in and then play their games like mm-hmm. right there were all these limitations even with a federated unified system like that yeah. and so I am hoping that this is truly um, you know that the DRM is is attached to your name mm-hmm. right so if I own a game on the Wii U and my Wii U or my NAX whatever it breaks and I sign into the next system it travels with me which oh. is was not the case really with the current right. system with the 3DS the licenses are also assigned to the right. hardware ID oh. yeah. I get right? so paranoid about losing my 3DS one time I lost my purse at the mall and I, luckily someone took it to Lost and Found and I got it back but I was super you, my first thought my wallet was in there my first First thought was, oh my god, I'm losing all of my Animal Crossing items, and then yep. my second I've thought was, the same panic. I need my ID. Went to, so, to so, yeah. So <laughs> losing the items is is the you can't fix that. But Nintendo's pretty good on the at the customer service level. If somebody right. loses but their system, they will give you your games. It's back, not like right? you can just re-download no. them. You have to call have to them call. and like tell. And, and, yeah. But also so just on. the time that you put into a game, you don't want to lose that progress. Yeah. So that's why cloud saves are super critical. But what's what's important with this service is. It sounds like you create a me in one space then too, right? If saved data <laughs> or data is that shared be, via the cloud, that I means instead that. of creating a 3DS me and a regular me uh, and a yeah. name yeah. here and a name there and an ID there, you create one thing and it mm. travels to all these platforms. I so I'm really excited about that. perfect alf me several times But, <laughs> but let's hope this includes ownership of virtual console software too because Ah. that would be it would just be so wonderful if we didn't have to rebuy it or if you know if just you felt like you're buying something for the future like Mm -hmm. instead of just for the platform which is what you do when you buy physical product right right all right uh, Nintendo's launch lineup was also uh, laid out very conveniently this week. Uh, there are some minor surprises in that lineup. Um, there's also uh, just th- it's a confirmation of some things too. So, so starting <laughs> from the top, uh, even though they haven't ever moved a lot of these titles, we're still seeing that The Legend of Zelda is coming to Wii U next yes. year. They have it squarely listed in TBD. <laughs> Under Wii U, squarely listed under for TBD. But look, I mean, it would be a major S storm if they removed <laughs> the Legend of Zelda right now from the Wii U list, yep. even if there is a shift to NX happening. So I wasn't expecting that. But let me let me read off two titles here. I did not expect to see it: Project Giant Robot, Project yep. Guard. 
These are two games, and please look these up on IGN. We, we got to play these at E3 two years ago. Yep. They were uh, Wii U uh, games that were kind of loosely tied to Star Fox at the time. They had demoed mm-hmm. them at the same time as Star Ooh. Fox. Uh, but basically, like one is like a, a giant robot fights another. You build a robot out of blocks, and then mm-hmm. they fight each other. That's Project Giant Robot. And then Project Guard was a similar uh, 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 Wii U experience about holding up the, the Wii U gamepad. Yep. Or, or was it the one with, with a bunch of cameras? The camera one, this right? Camera yeah, one. it's Five Nights up at Miyamoto's. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So, but, but you yeah. set up a bunch of cameras, uh, and then uh, you have to monitor on your TV all the cameras, and then uh, on your Wii U, uh, you're, you're infiltrating a place. It's, so it's really neat. I was not expecting to find those titles on the list, right? Like, it... You know, having covered a few Nintendo generations of platforms, there are always these titles that hover around for years and years, and they're always TBD next year, right? There's yeah. like, mm-hmm. in the past, there was like DT, Jungle Emperor Leo. There are all these games. You're like, oh, I wonder if that's ever going to turn into something. Well, and it's padding. And, and these are lists are for investors, we should say, and, and for uh, partners. They're sure. not. This is not for the public. This list that we have. But what this means, I mean, Project Guard is listed as a 2015 title, mm-hmm. right? Uh, for the U.S. Yeah. We haven't seen this thing. We don't even know what it is. Is this a downloadable game? We know what the demo was we saw. We don't know what it turned into. Mm-hmm. And then That's a fun game. I'm Project excited Giant that Robot is TBD, which means, uh, you know, it's probably an X. I didn't think that <laughs> game was as fun as Project Guard. But yeah. it's exciting. So I, and then also uh, you and I were just reading an article, and you know, Callie was there too, where there was a, uh, an inkling of hope for new unannounced games. Well, year. the Wall Street Journal quoted um, the CEO, Tatsumi Kimishima, saying there are still unannounced games coming in 2015. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I had made the point, uh, I, I, that seems surprising, but remember that uh, the last couple of uh, holiday seasons, we got uh, Super, uh, sorry, uh, Dr. Luigi, we got NES Remix. There's games like th- that that kind of span this, uh, I just got a Wii U gap uh, during the holidays, mm-hmm. uh, which are really exciting. So th- that's kind of been happening for us. But very, very important. I mean, don't, don't start like, you know, uh, setting the windmills on fire and celebrating that there's something major coming. These are uh, Frankenstein. These are um, <laughs> these are going to be downloadable titles. There's no question in my mind that these are not major retail releases that are going to be unveiled because right. it's freaking October. It's no, the you- end of October. There's not a lot of 2015 left. I've talked about this before. I think it was on Beyond. Just uh, how recently we've been seeing kind of. Uh, less hype like fallout 4 was kind of announced and it's like it's coming this year here you go you know uh so you get you get um you know the but the months ahead come, right months ahead but not like a year ahead of time so i i, I don't think it's going to be th- anything major i don't think no. they would do that but i i do think like there's room for things to still be announced uh, Kind okay, of weird. But, I don't know. But there's a, a big like that. but there's a big difference. It's kind of like the Dreamcast effect, right? If you are if you are the big guy mm-hmm. like Apple, right. and you say, "Hey, guess what? And the iPad whatever is going to be in stores next week." That works. Retailers will bend over backwards to get that in in stock. Apple doesn't care that much. They got their own stores as well. If you are a Nintendo right now, you're struggling to get retailers excited it, to stock your product. Right. Let's be honest, sense. right? Because they're bigger titles. When you're Bethesda, you don't worry about that, mm-hmm. right? Like Fallout for every GameStop once a wall. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, I think it strikes it's me as kind of strange. I don't know why they would have unannounced titles left. I, 
think it's it's downloadable stuff. Maybe some fun stuff. I mean, they talked about uh, the Legend of Zelda. Um, you know, they did not talk about it, but Twilight Princess HD. Yeah, there was uh, really there was rumblings production. and rumors about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. That could be a downloadable title, right? That right. drops as a nice little Christmas surprise or something like that. Oh. I don't think it'll be the next pick, the next Pikmin or anything like so that. So what right. is the what is the version of Speed Sail <laughs> for Twilight Princess? So when they put out Wind Waker, they added a thing called the speed sail. You get it within uh, an hour and a half, and it, right. it makes your boat go faster. Yeah. That helps so much. So what would that be for Twilight Princess? Well, they would, already would have it be the, the skip tutorial button. Oh man, the skip Please. tutorial sail. Please. Well, speeding up the conversations for sure. There are parts in Twilight. There are parts in Twilight Princess where you're not quite sure how, where to go. Remember, you had to go like upstream with, um, and you have to use the boat. And they're like these these areas you need to get to, and you're like, how did I get there again? There are definitely some efficient that they could be working on. Those are but the good again, parts of the game. Hurting the sheep is what we need to get rid of. <laughs> but that, Those sheep but just that, didn't want to get in the pen. But that connects yeah. to the ending. I, th- I like... Yeah, I thought I the uh, I thought the beginning was dreadfully slow. I loved how it sets up the ending. Mm-hmm. I think I think that was so cool in that Wait, game. Wait, do you have to herd Ganon as a sheep in the end? What are you talking about? The mo- can It's... We're past. All right, right? we're going like, to give I can you fair it? warning. The for the next thirty seconds, we're going to talk the about the end of, of Twilight Princess, which came out years ago. Link, as a farm boy, in the very beginning, learns how to grab the animal oh, and the toss wrestling it. the cows. Yeah, you do that with Ganon in the end, and but you that's don't exactly. Hurt him. But that's so brilliant that you go yeah. back to the very first thing you learn in the uh, game. How yeah. cool is that? Fair. I think it's great. Fair. Anyway, you guys are all haters. That was a great. <laughs> no, I thought that was a great point. Thank you. Spoilers. Spoilers are over. <laughs> Spoiler over. Um, but yeah, nothing nothing really surprising on the list, right? Except, uh, I mean, Pokken Tournament, uh, F- confirmation that it's a spring 2016 title for the Wii U. That's Not nice. Co- I mean, we, yeah, we had that confirmation, In the US. but it's, it's interesting that that's coming out. Uh, okay, uh, what we're going to be playing also this fall, though, is a new Mario Maker DLC, including what I'm very excited about, a new uh, source of official levels. From, for Mario Maker. Now, I like making Mario Maker levels. I, I don't make nearly as many of them as you guys do, but uh, I really like just playing levels, and I really want to play Nintendo's levels. And I yeah. think that got lost a little bit that. in the announcement, right? Everybody's so excited about the the big feature for me is checkpoints, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. It's, it's so frustrating to play a great level that is hard. You invented a checkpoint. No, I didn't invent it. A lot of people have been doing checkpoints, right? Like, there's one guy who created this complicated key and lock, oh, like, so system. But you did a good one, too. Did you talk about it on this podcast? Uh, no, but we did a, we did a uh, let's play. I, it hasn't been posted yet. We'll, okay. we'll show that off in there. He made a, a series of doors that lead to secret areas that basically take you back to. If you know what to do, you can go back to the middle of the level. That's that's a checkpoint. Yeah, but it's not that's as really nice. Smart. It's not as nice as this, right? Like having the built-in checkpoint. By the way, the way you reach it once the update is out, you grab the the arrow, um, the sign, the arrow sign that tells you up, down, whatever. You shake it, and that turns into the checkpoint flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then the when you die, you restart from that. I think it's just really good for complicated levels. It gives people, you know, sometimes when you're playing your own level, you're really good at it. Then you give it to people, and you'll be surprised at the places they die. Whenever I look at the X's on my maps, I'm like, I can't believe everybody died on that first turtle, mm-hmm. right? And <laughs> this at least removes the frustration and makes it so you don't have to hold back in the later half of mm-hmm. your level. Mm-hmm. But, sure. uh, but what you said about the official courses, I think, is really exciting. Yeah, so it's not only official courses uh, from Nintendo. There's also They were also partnering with other people. There's something called an event courses tab as well. So, so there's official courses and then event Event courses. Event courses are going to have, um, well, one of them described is called Ship Love. Uh, this for- forthcoming Ship? level was created by fa- was created at Facebook headquarters.
headquarters at Menlo Park and is the first Mario Maker level in the U.S. made by an outside partner. Yeah, they did this what, marketing what time. What is this? No, they did that, this marketing time before the game came out. I don't know if you guys remembered where they had people just, you know, like big companies and our, our company too. We have a hack day events where mm-hmm. engineers get together and create uh, cool applications for the company in like a very short time span. Right. That was basically the Mario Maker hack day. I thought oh, it was really okay. clever. Um, I don't know how many people can relate to a Facebook creator's Mario level, but think about it this way. When there is a Mario tournament or a big, you know, big esports event or something mm-hmm. where you have people creating levels, that could be really interesting. Yep, and official levels paves the way for creators at Nintendo, uh, even major ones. Like we could get, like, maybe, you know, in the holiday season, we can get, like, a level from Shigeru Miyamoto. That like that, that's so an easy cool. way to feature those and put them up now and have them not like, get tangled up in everything else. You yeah. just go to those yeah. and see who made them and then what they are. There's a lot of potential for that tab, right? Um, are I, you making levels too? Have you, have you made levels? I haven't had time. No. I've been you reviewing, did before the game reviewing came out. Yeah. A game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, I think it's super cool, though, that you can play levels that were designed by designers. I think there's a difference when you're playing some by a someone who's more of a player who's creating a level. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah, 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 for sure. People who work as a, de- a level designer versus people who play, I think those are two very different levels and I like comparing the two. I think that both are really interesting. I mean, I I would I dream about a campaign a new Mario 2D campaign being built out just a couple episodes or a couple levels at a time. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. yeah, I'm hoping that they will show kind of like the some of the top Nintendo creators and, and show off yeah. their levels. I think it also gives the game longevity too because you're going to keep checking back to see are there Absolutely. new levels. Um, yeah, I think I think the event course just going back to that really quickly is sort of interesting because like when I when I was in college we'd have like hackathons where the computer engineering students would mm-hmm. go and just make whatever and and there's also um, game jams that people do um, like indie developers do these game jams where they just kind of like work on a game all night and then see what happens with it um, so I think that like it sounds super market marketing uh, but I, I do think there's cool potential there could be, it know? could be good stuff I mean these are fun events right like yeah. if Nintendo takes over more companies and does like level hackathons that'd be yeah. really cool so you you've been dying to talk about nat attack. No, I don't care about Nat Attack. <laughs> no. Nat Attack you, gets you in the way when you're creating. It's such a pain in the butt. Is this size I... sensing power-ups a big deal? Yeah. Really? Oh, my God. All right, so in, in I know the it's normal... annoying getting a, uh, a fire flower when you already have one. But... Yeah, mm-hmm. I, but in the original game, there was this upgrade structure, right, like in the game. So you, if you're small Mario, you hit a question mark yep. block, you get the mushroom. Mm-hmm. When you have the mushroom, then you get the fire flower. Mm-hmm. And that was removed in Mario Maker, and they're adding it back in, which is just really cool. Yeah. I think you'll see some pretty clever use of that where now you have more of a tiered system. And anyway, yeah. One of my big issues yes, with Mario can Maker... can you troll with it? You can absolutely try. You can troll with everything in <laughs> Mario Maker. If, True question. If you have, a, yeah, if you have a, a flower, will it only give you a mushroom and you can't avoid it? It's a game where you can load coins into cannons. You control. <laughs> it's, yeah. Not encouraging it. Um, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm, no look, griefers. But, but I think the biggest thing about this news, checkpoint's great. The official level's great. The big news here is that game is going to get updates. Like, yeah. I don't think this is one update and then they're going to forget it. No. It's not a patch. They're not fixing something that was broken. They're adding an element that people are asking for. 
if that is the start of multiple updates, one every couple of months, that's awesome. You know what I think? I think this is a Trojan horse. And you know what I think is in that Trojan horse? Uh, uh, Greeks? A fix to the invisible box. What? A a fix to the invisible blocks. (laughs) So I've. They're like, uh, we're going to give you all this stuff. And they're like, we got to take out those invisible blocks. Yeah. (laughs) If you're not familiar with the invisible block, there's a glitch where, when with a certain combination of items using the rail and, um, you know, uh, different items, you can create an invisible block or an invisible whatever you want, like invisible uh, block types. It's an exploit. They're going to fix it. The problem is it will break a lot of levels. It will break a lot of levels. And a lot of levels that use invisible blocks, will you cannot beat them anymore. Yeah, maybe it'll be grandfathered in. So we'll see. I think I think I do think Maybe they're they gonna fix, fix it. it. The invisible blocks are cool though. Like if you use they're them so for cool. good, so you can cool. do I good. I thought this stuff. announcement was gonna be like, and we're making the invisible blocks official. Yeah. Well, that would solve the problem. Yeah. But this DLC was planned way before invisible blocks were discovered. Yep. And so on. So we'll see. Hmm. Might die the invisible block. Might. Uh, two weeks ago, we completed our top 100 games list of all time. Uh, we haven't done this since 2008. Yep. Uh, it, it is a, a, a list that includes, I counted them up, 37 games out of 100 were on Nintendo systems. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they were always on Nintendo systems or exclusive Nintendo systems. We, I, I took a little bit of liberty here. Mm-hmm. Doom was on Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64. Yep. Uh, uh, and, of, of course, Galaga's on everything. Really? Yeah. On Super Nintendo? On I believe a... it had a red cartridge. Yeah. It was a... Maximum Carnage I, did. Yeah. I can't remember. If no, black cartridge. It was black. My memory is super fuzzy, but Doom is one of the first games I remember. But, but the vast majority of the games that I counted up, including, I would I would say, a third of the games on our list are, are Nintendo games, which is mm-hmm. great. Uh, a lot of PC games, too. I'd say PC and Nintendo were, were uh, it's represented pretty, nicely in our list. Pretty yeah. nice representation considering, like... I I mean, there's so it could many. Just be every Zelda, right? There's just yeah. so many. So you can add more too, but they're, they're, it's there's so many fantastic games out there across all the different platforms, and you know the fact that some of these classic games can still stand up there, right? This is mm-hmm. there's always a little bit of a nostalgia tinge when you talk about classic games, but in this case, a lot of these you can just you can play today, and they're fresh and they're awesome, and they well, absolutely and, and, and deserve to be there. That wasn't a qualification of our voting, like that they have to be great now, but it was it was all about what were they fun at the time. But man, when mm-hmm. I look down this list, I love playing all these games still. Uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out, Street Fighter Two, mm-hmm. Resident Evil Four. I mean, everything's great. Yeah. I also made it. Go ahead, dude. Oh, I was thinking about how there's so many games on this list that maybe I wouldn't, if I were, you know, as a reviewer, if I were reviewing them, I wouldn't have rated them as highly, but I remember them with a high opinion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because at the time, well, that happens. It was I, I think games like Resident Evil 2 like didn't didn't age great, right? But uh, you know, it was really fun for people at the time. So I also made a short list of games that were in our uh, our top 150 uh-huh. that Nintendo did that I wanted to share with everybody. Uh, that, those include uh, Mega Man 3, Star Wars, Rogue Squadron 2, Rogue Leader, Bionic Commando, Cave Story, Fire Emblem Awakening, mm. great game, mm-hmm. uh, Secret of Mana, Star Fox 64, Tecmo Super Bowl, and the worst worst of all for me, Mario Kart 64. <laughs> why uh, was Mario Kart 64 These games were not on in the top 100. Well, well here's have why. You played you Mario me. Now, I don't want to go too into this, guys, because I did a we did a game scoop on it. I really want everybody to check out Game Scoop this week. A lot of Nintendo topics. Yeah. Definitely check yeah. it out. Um, uh, we talk uh, a lot about why Mario Kart 64 wasn't on here. Here's the short of it. Everybody likes a different Mario Kart. So people were behind Mario Kart 8 
and they're behind. Um, I really like Double Dash. I was about to say Double Whoa. Dash would be but my I was, pick. I was throwing what? myself on the sword for 64. It's cool if you like the worst Mario Kart. But basically Whoa. it came down to people <laughs> fighting over Mario Karts and not being able to uh, rally behind a single Mario Kart. Mm. And it totally failed. Okay. I tried. I tried to get everybody to be like, listen, you should vote for Mario Kart 64 because six people like that and five people like the other thing. That wouldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I felt like a, the speaker of the house trying to get votes. It's the fun and the peril of having a group of people decide on something, yeah. a topic as big as the best games of all time. And like Mario Mario Kart 64 is a, a top 20 game for me. It's just so fantastic. Right. The two player and part of I'm, that I is because hear double I double dash every time be, you say it and I totally agree. Because I, grew, <laughs> I know I grew up with it obviously I have so many fond Check. memories of playing the two Check. player um, uh, especially the, the two player GP with my friend and then battle mode was just so unique and by the way if you set it up now and start playing you'll be playing for an hour. It is still that good. I don't good. like battle mode. There oh, is a I liked it at the time a little bit. Well, well I guess they didn't sing. have that in the Soviet yeah, Union. Sing. No, there's still. a sandwich place uh, by my apartment that has an N64 with Mario Kart 64 uh, in it. And while you're waiting for your sandwich, you can play. But people just end up just with their sandwich in a bag still playing because yep. you get sucked into that really quickly. But, but by the way, there, there were some more egregious omissions than Mario Kart 64, I'd say. Oh, don't say oh. Donkey Kong Country. No, I'm not that big of a DKC fan. We but, could, um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, every, every person 100. who looks at the list says, this is not my list. That's just the nature of having a list made by many people, right? Yeah, it's a but I, I'm, I'll tell you why it's not my list. Majora's Mask, where? Well, Majora's Mask is... Yeah. F-Zero, GX, F-Zero GX, where? Yeah. Final Fantasy V, where? Final Fantasy V, son. Animal Crossing, no, where? Six, Animal Crossing, six, where? Six. Nobody played five. Huh? Animal Crossing. Wave yeah, Race 64. Animal. Okay. Animal Crossing Wild World was so excellent for yeah. me. I loved but, that But game. that's another instance of people can't settle on an Animal Crossing experience to get behind. If everybody liked New Leaf, as much as they like their original experiences, it'd be fine. But like, man, I had so much fun with the first Animal Crossing. I liked Wild World too. Like, it's really hard. But that's but, the point, right? Yeah. Games that are not no on one cares it about city folk. <laughs> games that aren't in the list aren't bad. It's just right. that it's, you know they're these are universally beloved games by by many right. people on yeah. that team. There's probably half a million games in existence right now. So Conquer. The top 100 yeah. are hard to narrow down. Last score 1080. I think uh, you. I think you're getting into the weeds. Side bike. Those, okay, maybe those are top 500 games. Eternal <laughs> Darkness. Brawl, I, oh, and, yeah. Twilight Princess, Twilight. Silicon Valley, Goemon. I noticed Ogre Battle '64. Well, uh, so, Callie, tell right, me about fine. this. I, Pokemon. Oh, the red, Pokemon. I yellow, really, blue. Really, all made the list. Really strongly disagreed with this, and I will tell you why. Well, what other Pokemon should be on here? Um, if you're gonna go for any Pokemon, I would say Gen Two. Uh, Gen That's Two, silver, gold, silver, crystal. So all the dry games, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> Pair, I swear. <laughs> um, do not. I don't get it. Do no, not start with me. Um, no, I honestly, I think the first gen of Pokemon games is really rough in a lot of places. There's a lot of problems, a lot of uh, just like actual coding issues that that you can exploit. Exploit. Um, so yellow is first play? gen too, right? Yellow not just first, blue, yellow, red, green. Yellow is better than red and blue because. Right. Uh, Where did you start the series? Uh, I've I actually started with Crystal because I refused to play a game until I could be a girl. Mm. That was my wow. secret shame. Is that so I actually went back and I played Red, Blue, and Yellow after. And I for owned so all many people that would have started with Red, Blue, Yellow, I think that's the key here is that they had their Pokemon experience with that, and so many people in the office like had their initial like just 
super wonderful experience with Pokemon mm-hmm. was Red, Blue, Green. So uh, Red, Blue, Yellow. So then that didn't carry over to the other games. Just like that right. feeling. But That's what makes like it a, tough to add even another Pokemon game to yeah, this. Is but that people had this one great experience. I would rather Gen Two be on here or the Gen Two remakes than like I would rather have. Red, Blue, Yellow just not on the list and have Gen 2 on the list. Yeah. Um, because there are so many improvements made. They added eggs, which are a huge deal in Pokemon now. They're inver- like hugely important to the competitive scene. Uh, the remakes, uh, HeartGold and SoulSilver, were also really big competitively. Eggs. I'm not convinced yet, Callie. <laughs> How about just the Pokemon? Pikachu's a mammal. Poke- I don't know Gen 2 at all. I know gen like two, the latest ones and the first Gen Basically, best. all of the Pokemon in Gen 2 were designed during the round of Gen 1. So in the first episode of the anime, for example, Ho-Oh appears. Yeah. Ho-Oh is a technically Oh, I remember a Gen that weird Pokemon. rainbow goose. Yeah, the rainbow goose in the sky. Um, so, I mean, like, for people who are like, oh, I only like my Pokemon pure in Gen 1, I mean, they're, they were the same round of design, so it's not really a... Yeah, they, I, I first, when I looked at the list, and I'm like, all right, so we only have one Pokemon game. Then I was thinking, well, maybe that's because Pokemon was so iterative, right? Like, mm-hmm. the game... the. The game was never reinvented the way, you know, you went from a 2D classic game to a 3D one. It takes Super Metroid Metroid Prime, uh, Metroid Prime criminally uh, ranked low by you fools. Man, Um, I had a tough time. And I just want to point out, Pear was in these meetings, too. I was not. I was actually not. You, I know. I was not. No, in, I, was I was not in I was traveling. All right, I so I am the fool here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I could not get a room full of people to to uh, get behind Metroid Prime being in the top really? twenty. Really? Uh, I think it's it's my favorite game ever. It's, I think it's the best game ever made. I so love good. It. Uh, I want to uh, I want to personally apologize. No, no but, uh, but but the control the game scoop. I talked about it more. In but that. the control I, scheme was was divisive, right? There were certain people who said I could not, as a PC player, I could not get used to the lock on system and the fact that I couldn't free look. I can understand that, but I feel like that game is so brilliant despite that. There's um, some open wounds just... from PC players because the same year uh, Battlefield came out and yeah. Half-Life 2 came out. Yeah. And to get uh, the people that worked here at the time, Tal and Steve, who were working on the PC team, are still like very anti-Metroid because of them having to fight for these PC games. That's oh. my psychology behind it. You think so? But and also you can blame it on Marty who hosts, pod, or who hosts uh, Beyond on IGN uh, because he keeps on saying that Metroid is overrated though and I'm not sure yeah. why. But anyway, so like back to the iterative question, right? right? Yeah. Like Prime feels different from Super Metroid That's very even true. though it's the same franchise but you can't say the same for a Pokemon game. I just, yeah, I, I guess one of my problems with the list and I wasn't in the meetings um, was the criteria like for me? I think that one of one of the big important things about some of these games is you know how they influenced other games, how they fl- influenced the industry, and how they kind of crafted us into the the people we are today. Um, which is why Metroid Prime would totally be high on the list for me because of the groundwork it paved. I would have put Quake on the list for the groundwork it mm. paved. Uh, Quake is another good one, yeah. Yeah, yep, I mean that's not a Nintendo one, but I that's one I would have put very high on. They're the list. all number one hundred and one. Yeah, and so. As far as Pokemon goes, I think, yeah, sure, the, the first gen was really important, but the second gen introduced all of these things that are still hugely important for... Eggs. Breeding is so important because that's how you get competitive grade... I don't Pokemon. You, that's oh, how you oh, get no, competitive grade yeah, yeah, Pokemon. That point, that's, yeah. that's how you are able to, course, to remain yeah. competitive. And then, I, I, I don't know, I just, I love... Also, playing as a girl was really important to me. So well, that's, as the that's only person here who's been to the Pokemon World Championships, we'll have to take your word for it. Thank you. 
All right, that is all I have for NPC this week. Uh, I want to remind everybody that there is now a shows tab on IGN.com. Go to IGN.com, click shows at the top of the page, and you can click on NPC there, and you can see all of our previous episodes. The first time we've had a very easy way to see all these episodes. You can also click on the people in those episodes. There's people like Jose Otero who have their own page. You can see everything that Jose does on IGN. Um, it's a, it's just it looks really nice and it's a great way to uh, experience NVC and of course you can watch this show on YouTube uh, we have some visuals this week that you're missing out on if you're just listening to the uh, audio version Sam's short mostly <laughs> I'm a visual mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I like to thank Callie and I like to thank Pear and I uh, hope to be back on NVC soon and uh, this was a lot of fun thanks so much yeah I'm always happy to be on NVC it's, it's always great a highlight you. of my day alright until next time get the thing get the thing Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.